0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So if money is controlling you, he controls the money. So ergo, he controls you. When he says jump, you will jump. When he says, all right, it's time for you to make extra overtime now. Yeah, I know the preaching is going to go on at the church. I know the word of God is going to be spoken. But you know, you need this paycheck to handle your bills. This says, again, that money would be your God. Money would be your controller. Now we understand about this and understand, we under- please hear what I'm saying to you today. If it has control over you and if it is found in this world system, then that means the enemy has control over you. If you cannot release it, then you don't control it. It controls Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I want to welcome all of you that are here today and welcome also our online community that have... Uh, that, are, that are gathering with us from all around the world. We thank you guys so much for joining us today, whether you are listening by way of podcasts or by radio, or whether you're watching by way of YouTube, Roku, television, however you are here today. We thank you for joining us, and we celebrate you, and today is your day for a miracle. Amen? Amen. Well, as you know, everybody, we've been in a series entitled Breaking Free, and it is the Father that wants us to to break free from the bonds of legalism, from the bonds of religion, from the bonds of worldlyism that have taken a hold and taken root of our lives. Jesus needs you to be free. Hallelujah. His body must be free. So we've been endeavoring to get into that uh, throughout this series. And today we're going to continue to do the same. Uh, Today's title uh, will be Possessed possessed this is the word that i've heard from the father to give to you today possessed god does not want you to be possessed and we'll go further on with that today all right our journey takes us into the book of luke luke the 12th chapter luke 12 and we'll start here at verses 13 through 21 Thirteen through twenty-one. Now I want to remind all of you that are joining us online to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series and so much more. Uh, also, click the contact button and uh, send us your prayer requests and comments. We would love to hear from you. And while you're on the website, if the Lord so leads you, make sure you click that give button there and donate and give into the ministry. A little bit goes a long way. And as we say here at Kingdom Rock, when you give people live and we thank you so much for uh for partnering with us today and helping us to push this gospel plow on up the road amen. amen all right luke 12 verses 13 through 21 and it says this it says um and one of the company said unto him master speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me in other words he was saying i want his stuff all right i want his stuff Right. Jesus responded. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. I will say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let me say that again, verse 21. The Lord says, so is he that layeth layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So there are a few things that the Lord has given me to give to you, and I'm going to read them right now, and then we'll go back and discuss this verse, these verses. So first of all, the Lord says for me to tell you that your life is not measured or valued or identified by the level of abundance you possess. Now, that is foreign to the church world today because we think if people drive up in a nice car, then God must be blessing them. If they have nice clothes, then God may be blessing them. If a church is very large and they have thousands of people, then God must be there. But you don't have to have Jesus to have a nice car or or to live in a nice house or to have a whole lot of people following you. As a matter of fact, you can be full of the devil, full of hell, and plenty of people will follow you. You can have the biggest fancy as this and fancy as that. That has nothing to do with it. But that thinking has creeped into the church. And we think that if you, that God is really with you if you have stuff. And that may not be the case. Are you hearing The world thinks that they are successful or important based on the level of overflow or based on the level of surplus that they have. When they have a lot, then they feel really good about themselves. But if they have little, then they feel very poorly about themselves. They feel worthless or even feel feel like a failure. In other words, the more stuff that we have, the better we feel. The less stuff we have, the worse we feel. We're in this conundrum of always trying to compare ourselves to someone else. Look at their house. Now look at my house. Look at their clothes. Now look at my clothes. Look what they have. Now look what I have. And it's always because, again, we're trying to, uh, whether we know it or not, trying to associate our worth, our value, and our identity in the things that we possess. And that spirit must be broken. Why is that? Because the enemy, Satan, has control over stuff. And if your stuff controls you, then he also controls you. And you'll find that those who are a candidate for the mark of the beast are those who are controlled by stuff. You mean to tell me I can't buy or sell, you know, I can't get stuff unless I renounce Jesus? Jesus, you understand, right? I got to have my stuff. I can't pay for my stuff unless I take this mark. Jesus, you got to understand, right? I got to have my stuff. If stuff possesses you, then you are unfaithful to God. And the father wants to break the control of stuff off of your life. Hallelujah. So here's the big question. And we said it a moment ago. Do you own stuff or does does the stuff own you? Or we can say it this way. Do you possess stuff? Do you possess possessions? Or do your possessions possess you? If our possessions possess us. Then they're the ones that are in control and we are not. If the mere thought of giving something away, giving away that game system, giving away that computer, those electronics, giving away those shoes or those suits, or giving away those dresses, giving away that car, giving away this, if the thought of this causes us to cringe, oh, that's my stuff. If the thought of it, just the thought of it, You have more. This man had more than enough, more than what he needed. This was not a question about giving or just giving away uh, certain things. The Lord was talking about his excess, his overflow. He said, I got a more than enough, more than I can use. I'm going to tear down this little place and I'm going to be a bigger place to house all of my stuff. The Lord's not just saying arbitrarily give away stuff. He's saying how you handle your overflow will define you. How you handle your excess will define you. Hallelujah. But if it causes us to panic and to be in fear, then you must know that at least there is some amount of control it has over you. How we handle our excess will determine the true master and slave relationship. If I cannot let it go, then I don't have it. It has me. And if it has me, I've got to find a better place to store it. And don't, uh, please, I'm not just picking on any person uh, because the storage market in this nation is a billion, with a B, a billion dollar industry. And it seems like every day more storage facilities are being put up. And many storage facilities are now climate controlled. Yeah. That's right. And now climate controlled because as a culture, we can't get rid of our stuff. Jesus told the young rich ruler, he said, the young rich ruler came to him and said, good master, what do I do? What do I need to do to, that I may inherit eternal life? As you know, the account goes and it goes on down. Jesus told him, get rid of the, what you got now. Sell what you got now and give it to the poor and come follow me. He said, I can't do that. I value my stuff over you. Jesus said, I'm giving you an opportunity to follow me, to be a disciple, to have fellowship with God. He chose instead, hmm, I like my stuff better. And he went away sorrowful because he did not possess his possessions. His possessions possessed him. And so we're speaking today from the subject of possessed. What you can't give away does not control rather you you cannot control or you don't control what you can't give away. If you can't give it away, it's in control of you. The same goes with true with money, with things. If you can't release it, you're not the Lord of it. It is the Lord of you. And again, the danger of that is satan can control these things he's the god of this world system so if money is controlling you he controls the money so ergo he controls you when he says jump you will jump when he says all right it's time for you to make extra overtime now yeah i know the preaching is going to go on at the church i know the word of god is going to be spoken but you know you need this paycheck to handle your bills this says, again, that money would be your God. Money would be your controller. Now, we understand about this and understand, we under- please hear what I'm saying to you today. If it has control over you and if it is found in this world system, then that means the enemy has control over you. If you cannot release it, then you don't control it. It controls you. This man was greedy. When he had his possessions, when he realized what he had, he didn't take counsel with anybody else other than himself. He said, self, yes. What are we going to do? Hmm. I think that I will tear down and build bigger barns. He did not acknowledge God. He counseled with himself. He praised himself. He honored himself. And God told him, Thou fool, this night, this is required of you. The true interpretation of that verse is this night, I'm taking your soul. This night, I'm taking your soul then who will get the rest of these things that you have laid up for yourself so we're after today that by the spirit of god we're breaking the chains of stuff off of your life jesus is to be the main focus of our lives and if we cannot release these things that are of this world then we are worldly and if we are a friend of the world we become the enemy of god Say with me, I'm, I'm possessed by the spirit of God and not, the spirit of this world. and not the spirit of this world. Hallelujah. Now, so we've got to get this thing right. We've got to get it. We've got to get it right. We've got to get it right. Because again, if our identity, I, 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 I have a lot of stuff, so I'm good. If our security Hey, I've got plenty of money in the bank. I'm good. I've got plenty of stocks. I got this. I got that. If we get our comfort and our identity from the things that we possess, that's bad. Because all of that can be taken in a moment. In a moment. If we're leaning on the things of anything in this world, all of that can be taken in a moment. And then where are we? feeling depressed, feeling suicidal. I've known a young man. I didn't know him personally, but he was really big in the stock market. I mean, he made a lot of money. But in a moment, all of it was gone in a day. And that young man committed suicide. He didn't really realize, hey, it can be gained back. But his confidence was in the things of this world. If our identity and security is based on things that can be found here in this world and not on Christ, we will never receive God's true riches. The Lord's trying to set you up, but he must first get something from you to get something to you. We must release so that he can release to us. Our answer is in our release. Our answer is in our release. But if we hold, then it is also being withheld from us. It is the same principle about forgiving. We forgive, the Lord told us to pray in the model prayer, right? Forgive us of our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Our answer is in our release. Our answer is in our release. But if we are withholding, withholding, then that makes us still subject to the things of this world. So let's look at um, Luke 16 chapter, Luke 16. Verses 10 through 12, I want you to see this as we talk about receiving or inheriting the true riches. Luke 16, verse 10 through 12, it says this, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unfaithful in the least is unfaithful, or rather is, uh, let me start again, let me start the whole verse again. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Verse eleven. If therefore you ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? It's about faithfulness. But if stuff controls you, you will no longer be faithful to God. You're going to be faithful to the stuff. And stuff will prophesy. Stuff will speak to you. It will speak to you. When you go to release it, it'll whisper in your ear. You might need me. You better not give it. Don't give me away. You might need me. You may not be able to wear me right now, but I know, you haven't, I know you haven't been able to wear me in a few years now. I know I'm here, but you may get back into this and you may need me. Don't give me away. It'll prophesy to you, it'll speak to you. It will. It says you will never have enough. It will speak and speak and speak and speak. And you're going to have to shut that demon down because it is the Lord that supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is the Lord that is our shepherd and we shall not want. He provides for us. He provides for us. And this was also the sin of Israel. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah for a moment. I want to show you this. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah the second chapter, and I want to show you this. This was one of the greatest sins of Israel, and it was in a time of great, uh, great famine, great uh, drought. And listen to what Israel did, and listen to the father's response to Israel. The Bible says here in Jeremiah the second chapter, verse number 12, it says, Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, the father speaking, Once again, it says, be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. It was a time of drought, a time of famine. And they said, well, you know what? We can't depend on God. We're going to go ahead and catch this rain and keep this because we don't know what God's going to do. Now, you say, well, hey, that's a there's nothing wrong with developing some sort of irrigation system. But their heart was not in that. Their heart said, we don't know what you're going to do, God. And we've got to make sure that we are able to hold or store the stuff that you give us because tomorrow you may be unfaithful and we can't trust you. So we're gonna provide for ourselves. So when they needed water, they even went down to Egypt and they went, uh, I believe, to Syria. God said, you're going here, you're going there, you're asking everybody else, but you're not talking to me. This is when possessions have us and They control us and Jesus says the father says that must be broken. Because when he breaks the hand of possessions off of your life, he also breaks the hand of the enemy off of your life. Remember, you will not be controlled. You are not a caged animal. God will not allow his people to be uh, to be in bondage or to be condemned by the adversary. Jesus gave you his power to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. He gave you his power to be an overcomer. And a people that are bound by stuff will not overcome. They will be overcome and controlled. All the devil's got to do is show you a, a fr- a something nice and shiny. Ooh. God is over here speaking. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. And, uh, ooh. Pull you right out. Pull you right out. My God. Now we have to remember the purpose for Stuff purpose for it there's a purpose for it let's look at let's look at the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy the 18th deuteronomy 8th chapter you know this verse very well deuteronomy 8 let's look at a few verses here verse number 17 says now this is when the children of israel finally got to the promised land and they had houses and they had stuff they had stuff In the wilderness, they depended on God every single day for manna and for water out of rocks and for quail. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord supplied and they saw the Lord as faithful. But the moment they got stuff, the Lord gave them this warning. He says this is a warning he's given to them." Look at verse number 17. He says, And thou say in thine heart, my power. This is what God said. You're going to say in your heart, my power and the might of mine hands have gotten me this wealth. Mm -hmm. Verse Verse 18, the Lord says here, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Why did you give me the ability to get wealth, God? I'm glad you asked That he may establish his covenant, which he swear, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. He said, I gave you the wealth. I'm giving you stuff so that you can do what I want to with it. Look at verse 19 and it says, and it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods. Money. Career other relationships. All of these can be other gods, things that you place over and above him. When you no longer hear his voice, all of these things, he says, he says verse 19, and it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord, thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Verse twenty, as the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish because ye would not because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. You wouldn't hear me anymore. Isn't that sad? The Lord said, I brought you out. I brought you out of Egypt. I healed you. I delivered you. I broke the bands of Pharaoh. I brought you through the Red Sea. I brought you through the divorce. I brought you through that that heartache. I brought you through this. I got you the job. I got this, and I did this for you, and the first thing you do when you get it, you walk away from me. And unfortunately, it's a very sad fact. I've I've, I've heard about many that made it, and, and their wife was good enough while you were in school. She was good enough when she got you when you got the career. She was good enough when you had when you only had one car. She was good enough then. But the moment now you got the big house and the fancy things, now you want to find a trade. Now you want to trade her in. I've Seen that? Seen that? Look back at verse 15 one one more time as we begin to close. The Lord says here, this is so powerful. Luke 12, verse 15, Luke 12, 15, it says this. And he said unto them, take heed. Don't you notice this? Jesus gives us what's called a double warning, a double warning. He says, take, he says, um, verse 15, and he said unto them, take heed and beware take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses a double warning take heed meaning watch out watch out and beware in other words keep your guard up because that thing is slick That thing is slick and it will creep in your house like a little snake and you won't even know it's there until you go and somebody says you know God says you got to give that up or I can't until somebody touches that area and you realize just how much control it really does have over you look at the word covetousness in itself the definition of covetousness means what greedy desire to have more avarice Avarice meaning extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Covetousness was so bad or is so bad that the Lord also made it a part of the Ten Commandments. It is the Tenth Commandment. Look at uh, Exodus 20, verse 17. It says in the New Living Translation, it says, You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife male male or female servant ox or donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor remember this whole thing started with two brothers possibly two yeah brothers lord tell my brother to give me the stuff papa died and he left him and i know he's the older brother but he need to give me some of the stuff he don't need all of that i want some of his stuff that strong desire to have more, to have more, to have more. Now he's in the presence of God. He sees Jesus standing right there. He hears God speaking to him. And what does he say? Tell him to give me my stuff. I want his stuff. Tell him to give it to me. This sort of thing was also very common uh, when siblings would come before the Lord with some type of issue. Remember Mary and Martha? Also siblings, right? Lord, tell Mary to come and help me in this kitchen. (laughs) Now you're in the presence of God. You see God. You actually see God. You hear God. And all we can do is tell her to come here. Tell her to do this. Really? Now last, let me show you this. This is what happens when covetousness gets in the church, when it gets in our home. When this snake begins to creep in, you're going to find it hard to let go of anything. When greed or desire, we can reason it out. We can reason it out. Pastor, this is why I have seven cars, because you know there's seven days of the week, And I must have in their different colors. This is why I must have this. You have no purpose for this? No, not really. but is it? this is why I must have it. We can reason about it and reason about it and reason about it. This is why I don't give the church. I don't give the church because church do this with money and church do that with money. That's why I don't give. So where do you give? But I won't give the church. Where do you contribute? Where do you do it? I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in offering. I just don't believe. I believe it's of the Old Testament. Are are you a New Testament giver then? Have you sold houses and, and lands and given them? Have you given beyond your level to give? Have you laid up in store at the first day of the week? If you won't do one, then you have to of necessity, look back at your records, look back at your financial accounts, look back in your checkbook, and where is the money trail? Is God honored in your possessions? Are you building bigger barns to house we can we can, i mean we can we can try our best to say why this and why this and why this, but the question of the matter is does do you possess it or does it possess you? If we have to reason it out and reason it out and reason it out, where is the trail of the things? No, we don't have to give in order to be saved. Jesus already gave it all. And anyone that tells you, even the online community, anybody that tells you that you got the tithe in order to be saved, that's a doctrine of hell. Jesus has already paid the price. But he gave us instruction as to what to do. His ministry must be supported. I would love to go to the gas pump and tell the clerk there, I worship God, so fill me up, please. I would love to be able to tell the power company that. I would love to, and I would, oh, that would be so wonderful. I serve Jesus. But even Jesus had to pay the temple tax. So there are certain things that his ministry will require. But the Lord always raises up those who will support his work. His ministry will never be without. If he called you to it, he will also provide. So we don't have to browbeat people and this and that and the other because it's God's ministry. The day that we have to, the day that we have to feel that I have have to do things and manipulate people to keep ministry afloat, that's the day that we shut the doors. And go on with our lives and do something else. Because if God can't keep it, if God won't keep it, then why in the world are we trying to hold it up? Amen. Amen. If God says let it die, hey, let's go do something else. Amen. Ain't no point in being here if he says let it die, let it die, let it die, let it die. But if we we get in trouble where well, we're trying to hold up something that God is saying, Let let fall. Look at this last one. James, the fourth chapter, James four, verses one through 10. And this is how it reads. It says, what is causing the quarreling and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Somebody say covetousness. It's all in there. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. The man said, So you've done well. Take your ease. You got plenty of stuff. Didn't honor God. Didn't honor those that were less fortunate all around him. He just, I finally made it. I have arrived. Then God said, Fool, this night your soul's required. Look at verse four. He says, you adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him and he gives grace generously as the scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so humble yourselves before God resist the devil and he will flee from you come close to God and God will come close to you wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts your, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Does the Lord want you to have stuff? Absolutely. Does he want you to have an abundance? Absolutely. Does he want you to have the million dollar mansion? Absolutely. Sure, why not? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Your daddy is so rich, there's the, the streets are made of gold. There's so much wealth in the kingdom of God, it is ridiculous. But the Father won't release it if we won't release if the enemy has control over your life because we have a failure to release, then the very thing that he wants to release to you, he can't because you're still holding on to the world. If you release the world, if we release the world and focus on Christ and pursue him and come after him and draw after him if we seek the kingdom of God above all else all these other things will be added unto us but if we are like the Gentiles like the godless that are constantly in pursuit of stuff what we're gonna eat and what we're gonna drink and, and where we're gonna live what we're gonna have constantly in pursuit of stuff and not pursuing him then that means that we're unfaithful to. God and we will not inherit the true riches that father has promised us all we got to do is just go to Jesus and seek after him with the passion with the passion with the passion Lord forgive us forgive us God forgive us forgive us for we have played the role of the harlot we have played the role of the uh, of the idolater Lord we have played the role of the adulterer Father we have honored stuff we have honored money we have honored things we've allowed them to speak more to us than we have heard than we have uh, your voice Father today we repent oh God we repent oh God we repent Lord lead us into what we must do with surplus Lord and if any anything has a hold on us that is not you, then may that hold be broken, forever severed. We don't want the devil to have any control over our our lives. We declare that Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our master. You are our God, our Savior, and our King. And we will honor you and worship you alone. We will have no other gods before you. Lord, if our doctrine is off, if our beliefs are off, if the enemy has come in and has gotten us all tangled up with our, with our own thinking and reasoning. And, and if we're going on wrong, if we're going the wrong way, then Father, we give you permission to change our thoughts, to change our minds. We beg of you, change our thoughts. Change our minds that we may go in accordance to your will because the time is short. The time is short and Jesus is soon to come. We must be ready. So Father, we thank you for hearing us today. May we continually find a place of repentance before you. May we continue to honor you with all that we have. With all that we possess. May it all belong to you. Thank you, Lord, that you're always faithful. Always faithful to provide for us. Please help us not to look at the government. Bless all those people, Lord. Please help us not to look to our neighbors, any other people, to depend on their strength, but to always depend upon you. Please let our, our minds and our attention be fully focused on you. And we thank you, Lord, We thank you that you will always provide for us. And we love you today. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. 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 Let's give Lord a mighty hand of praise. We love you guys and we'll see you on the next time. Bye bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.